0: I am passionate about teaching this material because I think that we have to understand history to understand what's happening
1: today. Port Tenderloins, only $3.29. And
0: And how did that become the way I experience church now?
1: Hey, listen, you know, you've got the creation, we've got um, Abraham, we've got Moses, we've got all these things that have happened. We're now part of that story. (laughs)
0: To me, the
1: <laughs> this is History Through the Eyes of Faith podcast with Angie Ferris. I'm your host, Frank Grange, Jr., along with producer Wes. We're glad you're here. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode 52 of History Through the Eyes of Faith. Glad you're here. I'm your host, Frank Grange, Jr. As always, well... I would say 99% of the time, with producer Wes, Wes the Sketch, but featuring the content of Angie Ferris. And Angie happens to be with us again today. Angie, so glad you're here. So
0: glad to be
1: here. So we're happy that everyone's made it. Episode 52, roughly a year in to the podcast. Yes,
0: we just passed our 1 year anniversary. 1
1: year anniversary. Are you excited about that?
0: I am. You didn't I am. you
1: acted like you had something else on your mind.
0: I was thinking about something else, but <laughs> okay. I am excited you, about the 1 year. What else were you thinking about? Just where we were going on this. My, the, I was just running a line stop. through my head.
1: You know what, guys, listeners, this all of this is from Angie Ferris's brain and her research and her compilation of research and her years of study. Some I you know it's, it's good stuff. She can be, she can be thinking about that because all I'm doing is trying to get, trying to make comments, direct it, learn. I'm learning a lot. Um, the last couple of episodes learned a lot. I mean, um, uh, uh, Bishop, uh, Leo and, and, um, what happened with, uh, uh, Gase, Geis, Gysic? Well, that's what we were Geiseric. saying. Gysarik. Uh, yeah. And, and that's uh, the Vandal. Yeah, and the and the and the vandalization of Rome. So uh, it's good, it, and I'm excited about where we're going to go from here. Um, it's a it's a beautiful day. We're we're happy to be recording for you guys. And you know what? We had an idea that maybe sometime in the, I don't know, sometime in the, in the future. It might not be soon, but we will do a, a a broadcast outside with with just random guests. Yeah, we talked about doing that
0: talked about going like to a marketplace where people are having market booths whatever and renting a booth and just recording history through the eyes of faith right there
1: right there i mean it might not be very educational it might be more entertaining <laughs> yeah than that. but
0: we we're covering both of those education yeah. and entertainment
1: so i you know when we were we were on uh 51 i didn't really get into i mean you do travels you you do some van camping <laughs> uh, i mean how, how is it the last couple weeks oh been.
0: actually last weekend we went over to south carolina to an air show
1: oh i think i saw a clip on
0: that you know where you sit outside in the air <laughs> You're like what's an air show air it's show. a show with all these planes and it was at the air force base and so there are all these cool planes and not only that they have what they call static displays hmm. so what would that be
1: that would be when you take a balloon rub it on your head and then this <laughs> hair s- stands up That's a a good guess. So
0: they had all these planes that you could actually go inside of. Some of them, like obviously the fighter jets, they weren't letting you in, but you could walk around, ask questions up close and personal. When you go in, what plane did you go in? C-17. Those are the huge transport transport planes that like carry tanks. I've got some amazing pictures. They carry tanks. Yeah, they're huge. I mean, like. The largest plane—I don't know. Don't quote me on that, but okay. they're huge planes. A C-17. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got that right. I'm—I'm I'm the least plane. They're expert. the kinds that have
1: like the cargo bay that lowers down in the yeah, back. Yeah, so
0: that's how we walked in. Yeah, like you walked in and you stood in the line through the whole thing. I didn't stay to the till the cockpit, but the rest of the family did. I took the granddaughter out to the little kitty games, and that was a blast too.
1: You know, that's that's cool. I mean, I didn't realize you did that. And there- then
0: we sat outside for. Three, four hours watching the air show, and we saw all these demonstrations, and then the Thunderbirds were there. You remember the Thunderbirds? Mm-hmm. They did their new show, which was super
1: cool, and that's probably the clip that you saw. Well, there's the there's Blue Angels, too. The
0: Blue Angels are the Navy. The Navy,
1: and the Thunderbirds the are Air, air Force. Force. It's funny. In the history through the Eyes of Faith studio, on the barn doors, there's a sticker up there that says, Glad to be here. Hashtag glad to be here. Go to hashtag glad to be here because it'll help me remember what it's about. I won't do it right now. Hey, producer Wes, can you do hashtag glad to be here on Instagram? Can we see it on the uh, in the studio here? Because this is going to tie into the the, the Thunderbirds. The blue angels. Well, while
0: it's tying in, let me tell you a story about the okay. Thunderbirds. Yes. So we've seen them several times um, because my son's in the Air Force. They flew at his graduation from the Air Force Academy. We've been to previous graduations where they flew. We actually saw some. Pre- anyway, but I had never seen what happens before they take off. And we happened to set up at the fence right in front of the part of the runway where the s- Thunderbirds were parked if that's what you do with the plane and it's all a routine like in unison the pilots and the helpers or i've got bad words i don't know what the helpers are walk out there to get the plane ready and everybody's in formation and turning it's a whole show and of course there's a speaker and music that's going with it Hmm. before they ever take off and then after they land and then one of the pilots like we were in the section where the pilots come over and sign autographs and everything wow so it was so it was a great day, and it ended up being warm, which was good. Started off cold, and got to see some old friends came over and joined us there, and it was just. I
1: saw some of the clips. I think that your husband put on Instagram of some of the shots of the planes and the maneuvers. Scroll oh, wow. down a little bit, Wes. I don't know if it'll show up, but uh, keep going. I don't know if that's what it is. Okay, I, I don't know if we want to take the time to find to find it, but glad to be here is a phrase that was used by one of the former pilots and I guess crew leads. Of um uh, the th- the blue angels. And he does motivational speaking now oh, okay. and talks about precision and preparation mm-hmm. and all the things that they do to go into the, mm-hmm. the flying of those planes and the maneuvers. It's amazing. And he walked through the presentations and he's they're all in a room and they're just he's just reading through the commands. And they're doing the commands in their head. You know, the, the pilots are. The, yeah. And he's actually. Then it shows them doing it in real time, mm-hmm. and it's the same tone. Roll down, fourth is. Then this we're gonna yeah. do. P- Training is amazing. Off, to the right, mm-hmm. right, and it's just this, and they're keeping it calm, and they're like within thirty-two inches of each other.
0: No, eighteen at in one the, point in the sky. In the sky, eighteen. Their wings are the tips of their wings are eighteen inches apart. It w- it's crazy.
1: Yeah. Looking. So glad to be here is what they would say after every mission as their positive response to it. Glad to be here. Like so many things could have gone wrong. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah, neat that you got to see the Thunderbirds. And, and, and
0: it was, yeah, it was, it was really cool. It was different to see. And it was, it was neat to be there because that's actually at the base where our son works. So that was cool too.
1: Awesome. Well, it's, uh, it's been neat. I'll tell you um, something recently that happened to me. It's not as awesome as the uh, Thunderbirds. um. And it's, it's something that maybe our listeners have experienced, and this is going to be a little bit of a, of a left turn, like tangent. Um, But recently I was in our local grocery store and went to check. I had lots of groceries. Mm. I had a full cart full of groceries. Mm -hmm. So that usually means it's about $200 plus when you have that much stuff. I'm just wanting people to understand there was a lot of stuff. I get up there, no lanes are open, only self-checkout mm-hmm. lanes are open. I don't know if people are finding that a lot. Maybe it was the time of day, day of the week. I know it's that way in
0: certain places. It's like that.
1: So I went up to the little management section of the grocery store, and I asked if they were hiring. And <laughs> they said, yeah. And I said, can I get an application? They said, sure. They went and got an application. And I said, so how long is the process from filling out the application to getting hired? And she said, well, it depends on your experience and who we have to interview with and how long that takes. And I'm like, well, are they available today? Because I've got a cart full of groceries that I'm going to have to check out myself. I'd like to go ahead and get hired so that I can be compensated for my work for you. You really did that. No, but I thought through all of that and didn't do it. But didn't that sound like a good story? It
0: does, and it'd be even better if you could tell me what they said, but you didn't really say it. No, so.
1: they didn't. I didn't do any of it. The whole time I was checking out my own groceries, I thought about how much I should have done every bit of that. <laughs> but you know, I think it'd be a good message for some chains if they said, "Look, we understand the situation. We we want you to understand our supply chain issues, our employment." You know, we're having to change things since COVID, and and now we're doing self checkout a lot more often. And so, if you come shop with us, you're going to get a five percent discount when you use the self checkout lane. Why not? Well, particularly if (coughs) you're spending that much money. Well, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. What's five percent? It it gets it gives it strengthens five
0: percent right now might be a lot,
1: but it strengthens 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 Hmm. strengthens the relationship between the buyer. And the establishment mm-hmm. and it gives you long term customer satisfaction in return, which is much better than what I've experienced lately. So I don't know. That's not that's not a Thunderbird story. And it's not really anything other than just me telling a story that maybe you could take and use that. Maybe you want to go interview and apply and, and get a job so that mm-hmm. you can be. All right. So Prince Leo and Prince
0: Leo. Prince <laughs> oh, he's Leo. Become he's prince become now. a
1: prince. I was talking about something different. Bishop Leo. And um, and then we had um, Geiseric and the, Vandal. the vandals and how he spared Rome once again. <coughs> Bless you. Excuse me. Talk, please.
0: I'm talking. Yeah. So the vandals are vandalizing Rome and Leo worked out an agreement so that they just looted for 14 days instead of burning the city to the ground. Um, Yeah. And so where are we next? So, what we're we're looking at this time period, we've been if you remember the oh, the those the the incidents with Attila and Leo was like 451, something like that. I think the Vandals was 455. Um so we're like there in the <laughs> middle of the 5th century looking at um What's going on as the Roman, uh, Western Roman Empire is starting to be invaded by all these barbarian tribes from different directions and is beginning to sort of fall apart? So, when you're looking at history, you can go thematic, like I'm going to talk about these things within a certain time frame of maybe 400 years, 500 years, you know, whatever, or you can try to go chronological. We're really trying to major on the chronology, in, but at the same time not separate things that are really different in ideas. So um, there is a, one of the most famous Christian scholar, theologian, intellectuals, and, and one of the earliest falls right here at this time period. And so that's where we're going now, and that is St. Augustine. Okay. Sometimes pronounced Augustine But um, I listened to some different people talk about it And found a good argument for Augustine So I'm going to go with that one Well, let's hear the argument I don't remember the whole argument It had to do with the word in Greek or Latin Being pronounced August And so this particular speaker was like I'm going to go with Augustine instead of Augustine because it sounded to, he thought the original word sounded more like August than August.
1: So. Okay. It's June, July, August. <laughs> there you it's go. It's June, so July. Now, and so when August. you start
0: thinking about that word. Softenbu. When you think about that word. Softenbu. There we go. When you start thinking about the word August and Augustine, there's a, you can think of a lot of things that that relates to because, and it's because of this guy.
1: Really? Well, I do think so. I well, mean, what would be an example? It's hot.
0: <laughs> I was thinking when you started in on August, I started <clears> thinking <throat> about Saint Augustine in Florida. We were just there or through there in the last we actually one of our nephews works there every day.
1: Isn't that the same Augustine though? Yeah. Okay. Well
0: That's what I'm saying. It's like it, it it's still a part of what we do today in our life every day. It's well, not yeah, like when I a, hear
1: Saint Augustine, I wasn't I'm thinking was Saint Augustine Spanish? No. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe it's a different Saint Augustine.
0: No, I'm guessing that it's that they're that anybody after that's named after this guy because it's a big deal. All right, it's a big I'm deal. I'm going to go with the professor. i'm Well, I'm not a professor.
1: Um, you profess a lot of things.
0: <laughs> that's true, but I'm not a
1: professor. <laughs> you you gotta be. If you profess things, there you're you a professor. Go.
0: So there's a cool little book. I don't know if I've talked about it on here or not. I think I have called Think for Yourself About Church History. Small book. And that's where I'm mm-hmm. getting a lot of this. You can find out stuff about Augustine all over the place. And I've read several different places. Um, Listen to even more. But a lot of this is coming from there. So... He was, we think his years were 354 to 430, okay? So okay. born in 354. So kind of
1: before this bishop leader. Yeah,
0: kind of. In the same time frame, though, right? He was born in Africa, not far from Carthage, and Augustine was raised by a mother who was a Christian. Um, instead of becoming a Christian himself, he chose to follow the heretical set called Manichaeism okay and we, and you could do do a whole side thing on manichaeism but it's not really important to the purpose of this podcast but this group emphasized more about one's good works winning one's own salvation and then also talked about his own lust and and so there's quite a bit about augustine's um passions and lusts during this period when he chose not to become a Christian but to be involved with the Manichaeans. He was leaving, leading a very what they would call hedonistic life now. That's how we would say that, okay?
1: Mm. Um, I've got so many questions But I'm going to hold. I'm going to wait. I just got some ideas on some things that I want to wait and see how it plays out.
0: Okay, so, but Augustine, I love the way this author put that. He was blessed by a gift that so many of the great church of the great greats of the church there we go so many of the greats of the church possessed which was a godly and relentless mother constantly praying though he was doing well in school his mother loathed his new religion so in school she's talking about like
1: university and stuff
0: still she continued to pray for him although there weren't universities i was about to
1: say i'm thinking there was a 400
0: yeah well they, they weren't called a university but it was not like he was doing well in the third grade
1: Right. He's okay. talking about school as in higher learning.
0: Yes. Um, she continued to pray for him, even though she loved his new religion, trying to find one bishop or another who would go and talk to her son about his beliefs. He was very intelligent. He was very philosophical. He was a deep thinker. Okay. And
1: he is from where?
0: Um from Carthage, Northern Africa. From okay. a village close not far from Carthage, okay.
1: But this is part of the Roman Empire. Yes. At the time.
0: Yes. Yes, so she continued praying for him, trying to find one bishop or another who would go and talk to her son about his beliefs. One pastor, watching her weep, told her not to worry, saying, quote, it is impossible that the son of these tears should perish. Monica kept praying. Her name was Monica. I thought that was a great thing. The bishop says, don't worry, because it is impossible that the son of these tears should perish. Okay. You know, her passion and
1: her prayer... Um, I'm like, I don't know where you're getting this, this these resources, but it's sounding very modern day. Like, I'm thinking this is 300 and something.
0: Yeah, that's what C. his writings would be. But these things have been <clears throat> written in the, you know, recently. I know,
1: but it, it paints a, her name is Monica. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that, that's well, not and necessarily. Well, as we've already
0: discovered in this podcast, there's a lot of things that we <clears throat> think are old and ancient that aren't really that old. And can relate to us much better than we thought they could. Well, I don't think right. Monica's old and ancient. No, I don't think that that's sounds what very I'm contemporary. Yeah. Okay. Um, yes. So Augustine was a brilliant student of rhetoric and he became a teacher and eventually found his way to Rome as a teacher. As a student of oratory, Augustine went to hear Bishop Ambrose speak. And Bishop Ambrose was this great speaker of Latin. Um, and I don't know if you remember, I'm pretty sure Ambrose was one of the ones involved in the uh, Council of Nicaea, right? Okay. 323. I think that's right. But anyway, Augustine went to hear him speak strictly because he was a student of oratory. Mm-hmm. You know, back during Obama, do you remember they used to always say he's a great or- orator? Or- mm-hmm. Orator? Is orator. That a- orator, however you would say yeah. that. So. This is kind of the, the deal. Augustine's going to hear him because of the way he speaks. And then he eventually began to pay attention to the content as well as the style is what he was saying. And Ambrose motivated Augustine to reexamine his understanding of the Bible and even to read it. Wow. His encounter with the scriptures, particularly the writings of Paul, helped him see that salvation doesn't come by our good works. Okay, which was the teaching of the Manichaeans. Mm-hmm. Instead, he learned salvation comes through the grace of God's forgiveness through Christ's deaths for our sins. He suffered a crisis in his beliefs and experienced a life-transforming encounter with Christ Jesus. And he became as committed to the Orthodox Christian faith as he had, been, as he had once been opposed to it.
1: So a very strong... And applicable conversion experience.
0: Yes. And so now he's bringing all these skills of oration and intelligence and philosophy and a critical thinker into the community of the church.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. So um, Augustine's life turned around. He devoted the rest of his life to preaching and writing about God's grace. He quit teaching school and began writing in his confessions, which is the name of one of his writings. He told his own story in depth and with great honesty and repentance. He was made the bishop. of. What Hi- was
1: that writing? Do You know,
0: it's called the confessions, and we're going to talk a little bit more okay. about it as we move okay. forward. Um, he was made the bishop of Hippo, which is a town in <clears throat> North Africa and served in that capacity for most of his life. Through his writings, he came to be regarded as the greatest theologian of the faith after Paul. Wow. His confessions, that's one of his... He he wrote prolifically, okay? We're just talking about two of his writings now, which would probably be his most famous. His confessions and the city of God are numbered among the great books of Western thought. And a lot of folks listen to this might have had to read one or the other in literature classes, in study classes. I mean, I have a... Collection of books that are like the great, great books of um, history or great literature of history. It's one of those deals. Like it was a, it was actually um, my high school graduation gift given to me over the course of a few years because back in the day, when we didn't have as many audio books and we didn't have those kind of things, you could sign up for a book club where Mm -hmm. you subscribed and they sent you a book every month. And this was these were like leather bound copies of the greatest literature in Western civilization, right? Mm -hmm. And so I I think it's Augustine's Confessions that I have in that collection. Wow. So it's kind of cool. So anyway, readers might be able to relate to that. Okay, so another source we're going to talk a little bit about the confessions and I'm getting this material from a lecture series by a a church theologian called Robert Godfrey named Robert Godfrey that I have on video. He's done a lecture series on church history. It's many, many, many videos. It's a big CD collection. And so here's what he does. A good, a good job of outlining the confessions. Let me just interrupt right here to say this. Like Mm -hmm. people won't be going, why are we talking about this? Like, you know, what if I'm, I'm not even a Christian, and why are we talking about Augustine, and what does it have to do? As we've said in the previous episode, and we'll say over and over again, the church ends up sa- shaping history. The thoughts of Augustine shape the church. I see. And so, there are going to be things in your worldview, in the worldview of your ancestors that were shaped by the writings of Saint Augustine, Augustine okay? So... As with everything else in this podcast, we just have to stick it together and keep going and we'll see how it changes as we go along. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Robert Godfrey speaking on Augustine's writing of the confessions. He says, Augustine wrestles with the nature of evil in man in the confessions, the nature of evil. Evolving from a Platonist understanding of evil into a biblical understanding of it. Platonist. What does that mean?
1: Have with Plato, yes, his opinions on, on evil,
0: yeah. So, his way of thinking. So, once again, remember, way back there, BC, Socrates, Plato, Aristotle. But those classical philosophers influenced society, and then we know how all society became Greek. And so, that area of North Africa, just like most of the Roman Empire, was touched by Alexander the Great. Greek thinking peoples. So many philosophers, intellectuals of the time, and Augustine was one of these, mm-hmm. were Platonists. Okay? okay, so they they followed the thought procedures of, of Plato. Okay, And so Plato viewed evil as a failure to love properly. So something was evil if it just wasn't loved, if it wasn't being loved in the right way. Mm-hmm. If you love something the wrong way, that was evil as Augustine reflected on incidents in his childhood when he stole pears, like he just went stealing pears for the sake mm-hmm. of he, he wasn't poor, he wasn't hungry, he didn't need them. He came to the conclusion that the issue was not his failure to love his neighbor, but his love for wrongdoing. He loved stealing pears. He loved getting by with something. Wow. So he's like evil is more than that. Okay. Same thing with the sexual <laughs> debauchery, okay? So so it that evil was a real thing. So as Augustine cultivated a biblical understanding, he began to understand the problem of evil and the need for grace. I got you. That there was this thing within us that motivates us
1: to do wrong. Right. Not because there's a good reason to do wrong. Well, it goes back a couple episodes ago when I was asked, asking the question of... How did the Huns become that way? Exactly, because they were so evil. Yeah. And what was I saying? You say, well, maybe why are we not innately evil,
0: or why are we not like them? Maybe the question yeah, is, yeah. is why are we not that way?
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: so that's what Augustine is writing on. Okay, still a very relevant topic for today. Um, so, and we'll talk. We'll come back to this as we get. Further into the discussion of Augustine And as we close it out a little bit later on But that idea of taking this Platonist understanding of evil And showing it and reflecting on it With a biblical understanding of evil And this Confessions was not just a um, Treatise or something that was Theoretical or intellectual It was was his life He's looking back on his life Confessions And talking about theological concept In the context of it Okay Roman Catholics, Anglicans, and Eastern Orthodox Christians today regard Augustine as a saint. Protestants, especially Calvinists, see him as one of the foundational theologians of the Reformation because of his teachings on grace and salvation. So that sentence or two there is to say he is relevant to everyone who has the name of Christian. Mm -hmm. Maybe not for the same reasons because our theology is different a little bit, but still relevant. He's still held up. An amazing thinker, author, uh, theologian, really. So later in his life, the stresses of the office as bishop and the continuing battles, both the military battles and then <clears throat> ongoing church discussions about Christology, which we'll come to in another episode or section. The You know, we saw it in Nicaea what was going on there about the discussion of Jesus as God. Homo or, Exactly. And those kind of discussions continue on throughout those next hundred years on a little bit different twist on that topic that we'll we'll get to that's going on during his time and particularly in that area of Africa there were a group of Christians that were having specific theological issues along some different lines and and they were very large, rooted in the, the area that he, over which he was bishop, okay? So he, throughout his life, was having to argue and teach and persuade in that. And then now he sees the empire starting to fall apart, and so there's fear of being taken over, right? And legitimate fear. Mm-hmm. One of the sources I was listening to talked about how he actually, that during that sacking of Rome... Let's see, would have been the um, earlier one, wouldn't be the same one that we were talking about, but when, when uh, barbarians had made it into Rome, that refugees were fleeing Italy and coming across the Mediterranean Sea, and he sees them getting off boats and hears them saying, how could Rome fall? What's going to happen to us? Now, let's think about this a minute. Rome and the church had become not quite synonymous but intimately connected Mm -hmm. so what happens to us if rome falls apart how are we going to have security what's going to happen to the church can the church go on without rome all this so it's raising all these questions and so he's hearing people ask these questions he's also dealing with the stresses that that's causing in his life and so um He was developing a view of history and human nature that drew a sharp line between the kingdoms of this world and the kingdom of God. Because you start thinking about that when you realize that the kingdoms of this world are falling apart. So how is that different than the kingdom of God? Because remember we talked about at the time that the church came together with the state, with Constantine, now it looked like this unstoppable force. Yeah, and, and maybe the kingdom of God was the kingdom. It wasn't. Biblically, we know it wasn't. But you could see how people would marry those together in thought, yeah. and now one of them's fallen apart. And so mm. he is developing a view of history and human nature that drew a sharp line between the kingdoms of this world and the kingdom of God. He was to write about this extensively in what may many believe to be his greatest work called The City of God. And we will be talking about this writing mm-hmm. and its influence on history for the next thousand years. Wow! Okay, from this point on, at least a thousand years, and probably longer. The City longer. of God. Yes. In it, he decided to pursue the questions: Why had Rome fallen? Would the ruin of the Eternal City mean in Rome mean the collapse of Christianity? was the end of the world at hand. Mm. Because a lot of people are thinking that, well, Jesus must be getting ready to come back. This would be the end of the world because Rome has fallen apart. Yeah. Okay? So Augustine's answer to these questions not only provided light for the dark days just ahead, immediately in their time frame, but a philosophy for the foundations of Christendom. Well, let's hear them. The continuous, yeah. continuation of Christianity Christ- yeah, Christianity throughout history. To this day, Christians feel the impact of his mind and soul. There are things that we believe, or that we think we believe, or that we've been taught that are rooted in Augustine's theology. And What's an example? We'll get to it. Roman Catholicism. I can't wait. Roman Catholicism draws upon Augustine's doctrine of the church and Protestants upon his views of sin and grace. So if you're talking about more about church doctrine doctrine and you're referring to Augustine, that's probably coming more from a Catholic perspective. If you're talking about sin and grace from a Protestant perspective, then you will be referring to some of Augustine's writings most likely. So the subtitle of the City of Gods is called Against the Pagans. So I guess it's a defense against those who are not Believers, It's hard for us to read this book today because it's loaded with historical specifics that are meaningless to all but classical historians. And it really is a history book in a way. It's talking about history. It's a Christian historical philosophy of civilization. Okay. Historical philosophy of civilization, full of Augustine's insights into, well, almost everything. But his general point is clear. The city of man... Represents all the cultures and institutions that have passed through history and disappeared. So when he's writing about the city of man, he represents all the cultures that have passed through history and disappeared. Culture is of no final value if God so wills. That's what he says. The lasting city is the heavenly city of God. The one that lasts. Led and inspired by the church. From the moment of the church's birth, the struggle between good and evil has been intense, intense. Human salvation rests on the on the church as the earthly embodiment of the city of God. So it's as the church embodies here on earth the elements of the city of God that he, other humans are come to Christ. I guess that's the yeah. way to put it. that's yep. Angie's interpretation of that. So uh, another thing that Robert Godfrey says is that in his, this is like an outline that Godfrey has of the city of God, which I find help, helpful helpful. Not the City of God concept, but the book. Mm -hmm. Augustine looked at the whole of history and tried to see how God works in history. Not unsimilar to what we're doing here. Very similar. Right? Ultimately, Augustine argued that history is all about the building of two cities, either the city of God and the city of man. The city of God seeks to honor God. The city of man seeks to honor man. I like that. We can relate to that, right? These two cities represent totally different understandings to the meaning of life and how to serve God. Wow. So have you read The City of God? I think I've read excerpts. Okay. But not is recently. E- is
1: excerpts a different book?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a good one. <laughs> I've read pieces of it, and, okay. and, but not recently. Didn't pull it off the shelf in preparation for this
1: podcast. Okay. But say that again about The City of God and The City of Man.
0: Um. These two cities, the city of God seeks to honor God, the city of man seeks to honor
1: man. So you could actually, you know, have an an exercise that is, is this the city of God or is this the city of man? Right. When you're looking to make a decision of something. Yes.
0: These two cities represent totally different understandings to the meaning of life and how to serve God. Augustine argued that these two cities would eventually be separated in a final judgment, in the meantime, the two cities are mixed. If you think back about Jesus says, I'm going to separate the sheep from the goats. Mm-hmm. Okay. But in the meantime, they're mixed. So it's not, it's not cut and dried. It's not clear. You have to use okay, some discernment. Start
1: over that sentence again. This, but that Augustine
0: the, ar- argued that these two cities would eventually be separated in a final judgment.
1: Okay. Of what city you're going to be in.
0: Yeah, like the city of God's over here and the city of man's over here. Well, it's just like heaven and hell. Something like that. Could be that. In the meantime, the two cities are mixed. Augustine believed that Christians should not stand idly by during this phase of mixing. Just sit on the sidelines and see what happens. It's not like a show we're watching. But they should restrain the building of this human city and advance the building of the city of God. So they should do things that prevent the building of the city of man and do things that advance the building of the city of God. And this is where issues arise over history is Mm -hmm. the interpretation of what that means. Mm -hmm. Okay, with this statement, Augustine clearly advanced the notion that Christians should dominate society. And this view influenced the church over the next millennium as it frequently sought to take control of the state and to persecute unbelievers. Well, Let that sit in for a minute. I'm going to read that again.
1: Okay, everybody. Let it sit in. Be ready to let it sit in.
0: With this statement, Augustine clearly advanced the notion that Christians should dominate society. Mm Mm-hmm. And this view influenced the church over the next millennium, that's a thousand years.
1: This view influenced the church.
0: As it frequently sought to take control of the state and to persecute unbelievers. I see. Um, We're going to come to it as we go through history, but a lot of people might off the top of their heads know what the Inquisition is. Yeah. And that was forcing people to profess Christ, particularly, yeah. Catholicism, mm-hmm. or be killed, and they used Augustine as a justification for that. Wow. Okay. Same thing. If you think about, I this just popped into my head, and I'm not sure that the correlation was ever drawn at the time that it happened. But if you think about like the religious right of the 80s mm-hmm. and this perspective, the 1980s, <laughs> this perspective of your Christian you need to get involved in government, you need to try to pass Christian laws. We need to do things that—that that is clearly Augustine saying you've well, got it's to be still that way today. Yeah. Well,
1: you're saying it started more in the '80s. No,
0: if you go back and look at like the election of 1980, it was—it was the moral majority. That's what it's called. We don't have the moral majority today. We might have people that still have that philosophical outlook, but it was like it was like the moral majority was the same kind of movement as the what was the the green the Tea Party movement later i see you know it was like a a sex a political movement inside a party okay that and but it's clearly augustinian when you read that saying christians should be actively involved and pushing christianity in the establishment of a society and Mm. and then when we get well we're not there yet but you are going to see it all through the middle ages and 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 then if you know anything at this point about the Reformation, you can see how this directly played into the Reformation. If you don't know, well, then you will learn when we get there.
1: Oh, I'm learning a lot. So it's pretty cool. So I just, I looked up um, City of God on Audible because I've listened to a lot of books on Audible.
0: What is it? 275 hours or something like that?
1: It's 46 hours. (laughs) If you do Audible books, a good average book is probably 10 to 11 hours. I mean, some, some good books are shorter than that.
0: So, Wes, look and see what language uh, City of God was written in. Because what we would have to listen to it is a translation, right? Yeah, I'm not going to listen to it in Greek. And so the guy that I listened to that translated Eusebius did a really great job, and it didn't sound funky. So I'm curious if there's a translation for the City of God out there like that. I'm going to have to go home and get my book off the shelf now. See if what I can, your actual
1: hardback? of If City I of have God?
0: it, I think I do. I'm pretty. I know we have confessions. One of my kids had to read that in high school. You should get a For signed sure. copy. <laughs> that was funny, Frank. That made me laugh.
1: Get a signed copy. I have a signed copy of City of God. I might
0: have it from the translator. We, hey, yeah, modern translation.
1: <clears throat> okay. I, I am getting a signed copy of a book coming in November. But go ahead.
0: Did Elvis sign
1: it? Mm-mm, Steve Martin.
0: Oh, how exciting. Okay, here we go. This is another quote from the book, Think About Church History. Um, we've, we're looking on the screen at City of God, Latin, written in Latin. There you go. Mm. That would have been my guess. Because the church, even though he was in a Greek speaking part of the world, Latin became the language of the church, particularly the Western church. Not particularly, the Western church. And that's because Latin was the language of Rome, right?
1: I'd love to hear a clip of someone speaking Latin.
0: Okay. My husband took Latin in high school.
1: Well, I know, but I'm, I'm
0: like, I, I don't know what Latin sounds like. I bet like. Wes can find us when he's working on it right now. So while he's <clears> working <throat> on that, re, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to talk about this from Think About Church History. In the city of God, Augustine stresses the separation between the city of God and the city of man is not cut and dried. Augustine said that the state isn't merely earthly and wicked. Its role is to preserve the church. So there's a holy role for the state to preserve the church. That gets taken seriously. Mm -hmm. Likewise, the church isn't perfect. God could withdraw his mandate from the church just as he withdrew it from Israel during the Babylonian captivity. So there's historical reference there in the Bible. The this the removal of this blessing resulting in repentance and revival among God's people could explain why God allowed the sack of Rome. Hmm. If yeah. I remove he's describing the sack of Rome could possibly be the removing of God's blessing which results in repentance and people turning back to God. So there's a purpose there. His interpretation of history continues to affect the church and the world to this day. So when somebody says, well, maybe God's letting it happen so that we'll do this, that's an Augustinian thought.
1: Okay. Now I'm not saying nobody ever said or the phrase, uh, there's a reason for everything.
0: Yeah. Well, it could be, except I think that's kind of a there's a lot in the Bible to support that, too.
1: Well, maybe Augustine was getting it from the Bible. Well,
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, he was a student of the Bible for
1: sure. All right, Wes, why don't you play the The the, sound of the classic Latin? Oh, I thought it was going to be the American speaks fluent Latin like in ancient Rome. Oh.
0: Okay. Well, he'll have to check it out to get to the part that we need. Okay. Augustine considered the church the only human community that worked for the building of the city of God the church. So there he's talking about probably both the body of Christ and the organized church. The state had its place in suppressing crime and preserving peace. But since the state was based on the power of sin, it must submit to the laws of the Christian church.
1: That's heavy stuff. Yeah. Why? Well, I'm just, I'm putting it in the context of today's political environment and the things that we read about and the, I, I'm, um, go ahead.
0: The grandeur of this spiritual vision made the city of God the most beloved of Augustine's works throughout the early Middle Ages. That's what we're really going to see. It gave a spiritual interpretation to the woes the world was suffering. The present might be bad, but better things are to come. The golden age, the kingdom of God, is in the future, not in the fading splendors of a worldly kingdom that could only crumble and fall.
1: And that's in his book?
0: That's a summary of what his book was doing. okay. okay. And I think that's the point is saying he's, he sees these parishioners and he was a devout follower of Jesus and he sees them hurting and worried and concerned at the world falling apart around them and he says the kingdom of God the city of God is in front of us and that this falling apart is not going to affect that. That there's hope to come. Now the thing that might be different than the way we would mean that today if we were saying that today or if you hear that today a lot of times you would think that that's talking about heaven in the future Mm -hmm. he is talking about heaven in the future but we'll see as the next thousand years move forward it gets interpreted like by doing these things he's saying and enforcing Christianity we could maybe create the city of God on earth I see and I think that 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 is, a, that is a philosophical question for the ages. Yeah. Should we be trying to create a Christian world on this earth? Yeah. Or should we be living in a Christian manner knowing that the Christian world will not come until the next earth or the next?
1: What is your answer to that?
0: I think that there's a lot of biblical evidence for both. So I don't have an answer. Yeah,
1: okay. I'm,
0: I'm, and even if I had one, I don't know that I would say it here because I don't think I could have it to the degree of um, pushing it on somebody. Right. But maybe that's some additional content. Hey, that would be a fun thing because I know some people that feel real strongly one way or the other. Get them to come in and talk about it. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be a From good. a biblical and, perspective. And, you know, just as a
1: refresher, coffee, K-O-F-I... If you join there, History Through the Eyes of Faith, be a, a supporter, mm-hmm. you might I, get extra content.
0: Yeah. So we've got some things in mind. So, yes. So do we have any Latin we want to listen to before we move on?
1: I don't know. I don't know. Well. Here we go, y'all.
0: Omnes, homines, dignitat et jure libret pares nascuntur, rationis et conscientiae participe sunt. All human beings Concordia are born free and equal in dignity and rights. They are endowed omnes, with the reason omnes, and omnes, conscience and omnes, should omnes, act omnes, toward one another omnes, in
1: a spirit omnes, of brotherhood. It's a little bit, sounds a little French. It sounds, it well, will, it sounds like what they speak at a Catholic church.
0: Because that they is sh- what they speak I at know. the Catholic church. <laughs> Did you I'm, know that Catholic worship services were in Latin until the 1960s? Okay. I, I Okay. All Catholic. No, but let I, me I say, know that well, sounded the really reason dumb. it sounds like that.
1: Because yeah, we same. sing in
0: Latin a lot. Yeah. I've sung many yeah, songs right.
1: in Latin. Ave
0: Maria. Mm. Um,
1: That's my Aaron Neville.
0: Okay. <laughs> so... Something I was going to say about that that I cannot remember now because it went running away with the with, Aaron uh, Neville. <laughs> Aaron Neville took <laughs> my <thought. laughs> took it right out of my head. Okay, um, it sounds like Latin because those languages are Latin languages:
1: <laughs>
0: French, German, English, I see what you're saying when I Spanish.
1: Saying, je t'aime, je t'aime. Yeah, like so, yeah. they are
0: Latin languages. We have a lot of the same root words. Little root, root you got root, root words okay. that are the same. Root so words. and and math, those I mean, like I said, Tim took Latin in high school, and one thing I've noticed, like nobody speaks Latin right, or I'm sure somebody in the world speaks Latin, but it helps you as a scientist, as a yeah philosopher, to interpret the meaning of words because you understand Latin and almost these latin languages the root words you know what they mean in latin
1: i'm getting it now i'm We're getting, it. and i don't know how words. we'll edit that but you'll probably just hear us trying to imitate latin when it comes No, to...
0: i think we should drop her in like we did on the homo Ucius, so that they can hear mm-hmm. what okay. that classic latin sounds like it's kind of cool mm-hmm. yeah so what do you think about augustine frank
1: i'm impressed the Augustine. I just thought St. Augustine was the place in Florida that I would go to, and I thought St. Augustine discovered it, but I was wrong.
0: Have you looked that up? I looked it up. And so, what was what really happened? Well, I, I don't know. It how was a, it I was can a get Spanish explorer discovered it, and they just named yeah, it St. Augustine. It was
1: founded by Pedro Menendez de Avias. Okay. And named for St. Augustine of Hippo. That's him. So, in what year? How long? What year was that? 15 something? What what when did he, it he was...
0: founded it? When uh, he found... it doesn't
1: say on this particular I it was 1500s. link, I have to go scrolling here. Uh, founded September fifteen sixty five.
0: A thousand years
1: after the man lived. Oh, Oh, twelve hundred.
0: Yeah, pretty amazing, huh?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there'll probably be a Frank Grange Jr. on another planet <laughs> in about twelve hundred years.
0: Because we're in episode 52 now. You can't talk about.
1: Oh, well. You can't talk about I don't about know what's going to happen in 1,200 stuff. years, but I'm going to say it's probably going to. They're not going to name any more places on in, after me. Maybe. I don't think so. Maybe anyway.
0: Not. So I, it, he's pretty impressive dude.
1: Yeah. City of God and the City of Man. hmm uh, I thought there was a movie called City of Man. Might have been.
0: I mean, these ideas have been talked about ever since.
1: Yeah. That's pretty cool. Are we wrapping up St. Augustine? Well,
0: we can. That might be a, that, that might be good? a good little turning point. I don't know if you know it, but I I I mentioned it to you our nephews working in St. Augustine for mm. Old Town Trolley Tours.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. All right, yeah. shout out to those on the Old Town Trolley Tour today in uh, St. Augustine in St. Augustine, Florida. Isn't Flagler uh a school in St. Augustine. I think it's Flagler I don't College, know, it might be. Flagler University. Um,
0: Joe lives in Flagler, Flagler, down the beach from St. Augustine. Yeah,
1: easy. Um, <laughs> what are oh my we gosh, do?
0: everything's easy. What are we gonna easy. do
1: on the, uh, the? I got a little mystery here. It goes. It's for the. It's for the. It's for the studio, and it combines a couple of, couple of Red Door Studio themes. Is what you kind of have to guess. Oh, I and mean, I have to
0: guess. So is one of those themes Star
1: Wars? It's not the theme. Okay, so I'm just gonna say what it is. I'm gonna say what it is, but you have to guess what's on this. So I got, I have here a sticker for the for one of the doors. There's, I've I've said before, you might see pictures somewhere. There's the red door of the barn doors, and then there's the sticker door. Yeah, one we've door got has pictures
0: now. From um, we had our slash scientist photographer here for episode 50 right and he took some pictures so we got some good pictures of the red door
1: okay so the sticker door we we bring in stickers if you'd like to donate a sticker please do oh would
0: that not be fun
1: Uh, we are a little bit that's why we're a little bit picky about the stickers because we're not going to put like strawberry shortcake up there we're not going to we just so
0: what so what area do they need to look in if they're going to put a sticker if they want a sticker that's going to make the door
1: well, this, the- this sticker is making the door for those reasons because it combines a couple of themes in one sticker.
0: Themes, podcast themes, or just uh, theme, I'm gonna themes? I'm going to
1: say studio themes. Okay. So music. Music, it combines that. And
0: uh, uh, Elvis?
1: Not Elvis, but definitely pop culture.
0: Michael Jackson.
1: No. All right, we're we're probably going to wrap up. So you want to start with we'll, we'll we'll unveil the sticker at an episode uh 53.
0: Uh we're not going to guess anymore now.
1: No, we're going to we're going to leave that as a cliffhanger.
0: What so, is the sticker? So
1: as as you've listened to 52, okay. Before 53, you can come up with some ideas and then it will be revealed in 53. It's a sticker for the studio door. That combines music and pop culture.
0: Okay. And one other thing I want to throw in here Uh before we cut off. Mm -hmm. When we were (laughs) last weekend, when we were all together, we went to the air show. Mm -hmm. We went and saw The Lost City. Have you seen it yet?
1: The Lost City?
0: Yes. The movie out Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum. Oh, no, I haven't seen it. Hilarious. Brad Pitt's in it? I can't wait for you to see it. You gotta go see it because okay. it is so good and so funny. The five of us talked about it the next day, that night, laughing, hilarious, reliving different All right, parts. Well, we're gonna go. It's, so plug out to the lost city. It is so cool, and you probably everybody's seen it by now. I don't know, but it's a no, great movie. No, I
1: don't think people are going to theaters, so they probably haven't seen it. It's a great movie. All right, we'll see you at fifty-three minutes on episode fifty-three. See you this has been History Through the Eyes of Faith podcast. Please rate and review, subscribe, or follow wherever you stream your podcast. You may also contact us and comment at one onethingonly.org. Just click on the History Through the Eyes of Faith podcast tab. You can also support this podcast by checking the link in our bio at ko That's ko-fi.com. Thanks for listening.